Voices of VR podcast. Hello, my name is Ken Fai, and welcome to the Voices of VR podcast. It's a podcast that looks at the future of spatial computing and the structures of immersive storytelling. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash Voices of VR. So continuing on my 24-episode series of South by Southwest, today's episode is with Eggscape, which I've covered before at Venice, but this is a mixed reality game-like experience that has a whole installation. You walk in and you see the Eggscape letters, but on top of the letters, you have all these models that have these little characters, these little eggs, and then it's a four-person collaborative experience in the context of the MetaQuest Pro. So you put on these MetaQuest Pros, everything gets calibrated, and this is overlay on top of this installation where you have these kind of like Lucky's Tale style immersive experience where you're controlling from a third person perspective, but you have these little tabletop characters that are moving around and you have to actually move your body around this space as well and also negotiate the movements of these four other people. And so there's a bit of a, a mini competition where you're collecting all these coins, but you essentially go through a series of different stages. You're interacting and you're fighting these different robots, but it's kind of like a tabletop mixed reality game, but you have this interaction with the world around you. There were some moments in this piece that just gave me the VR giggles, just maybe laugh out loud with pleasure and delight because they didn't have the blinders on the side. And so because it's mixed reality, you have your peripheral vision of really being grounded and centered into the physical reality. And on top of that, it's a color pass-through and they have this insulation that they're doing this modulation on top of. And so there were so many different ways that it was priming me to really be some of the deepest levels of immersion in a mixed reality piece that I've ever experienced before. And just really deeply immersive and that level of possibility where you see this digital object floating in the air and you know it's not real, but your brain's kind of at a deep level, viscerally convinced that this thing is real and you're interacting with it. This expression of agency through mixed reality is such a powerful dimension of this abstractions of using the video game controllers to move this character around. It gave me such deep joy to be able to have that moment. We're in the very beginning phases of mixed reality. And so to see this piece at Tribeca last year, just a brief preview in a quest two, and then at Venice, it actually picked up a third place prize. But what I saw at South by Southwest was more of a complete holistic experience on the MetaQuest Pro, and it's ready to be deployed as a location-based experience. So I do a very brief update because I have a much more deeper dive with Herman from Venice. And if you want to listen to more of the backstory, go check that out. This was more of like, hey, what's the updates since we last chatted? They ported it over the Quest Pro and some of the different experiences that he had with this that we chatted about in this quick update. So that's what we're covering on today's episode of the Voices of VR podcast. So this interview with Herman happened on Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. So with that, let's go ahead and dive right in. I'm Herman Heller. I run uh, 3DAR, an Argentinian studio that we do innovation in XR and animation and storytelling. Now we're presenting a project called Xscape. It's a mixed reality multiplayer adventure about travel eggs that run for their lives in complicated situations, like meteor showers and uh, alien attacks and stuff. So it's a comedic video game. A little bit of a tribute to the, the old school 80s gaming that I used to play when I was a kid. Yeah, well, the last time we talked was back at Venice of 2022, and we did a whole backstory and talked a lot about the Eggscape, and then, you know, after we talked, you ended up actually winning, like, the third place at Venice. What was that like to sort of come home with that prize? Uh, that was that was great. It really, really great because it was... It was, I felt like we were presenting a little bit like a prototype there because 
there was a lot of innovation, but there was so much work that was needed to be done there and still like fixing things and adding more things. And, and coming back with the prize was a huge push and a reassurance that we were doing something worth the energy and effort and that it was really renewing my energies to keep working and six months later we have a version that is like much much more evolved still a lot to do though but yeah i was a little surprised just because you know i think of the venice as like the storytelling and what pieces that are there but i think it speaks to how compelling the mixed reality experiences and how delightful it can be and i think here that you have MetaQuest Pro where you have like a whole other like color pass through I think you evolved with the early iterations from what I saw last year at Tribeca and then at Venice now you have like a whole mixed reality experience with the pass through and I felt like there was moments where I saw like these little characters flying up in the air and I just felt totally convinced that these things were there because it was like looking up and it just I started laughing if I call it the VR giggles where it's so delightful that it's like transcending your expectations and just making me laugh and I felt like that level of delight was something that is really hard and rare to cultivate and that you were able to really nail it with this latest version so congratulations on that but I'd love to hear some of your perspective of moving from the Quest 2 onto the Meta Quest Pro and to have this next iteration that you're showing here at South by. Well, it's, I mean, it means a lot that you say something like that. And, and it's, really, it's really wonderful when you can make a good use of the technology. And I mean, a laugh is so valuable like, these days, like to actually like having fun with something. And uh, so, I mean, the technology side of it is when it works, it's wonderful. When it doesn't work, it's really the most painful part because it's like, you're innovating in some ways. The companies that you're working with are also in, in innovation. And when innovation is like you're doing something that is not done yet, so then it's like everything is yet to be discovered and, uh, and many things are not working right in the headsets front. Like we moved to the Quest Pro and, and I love it when it works. I love it when it works. But when the controllers lose pairing and when the Wi-Fi gets disconnected, then it's like, it's really frustrating because like the game is kind of like a trip and takes you to a, and feels like the fun is ruined there so we're still like really trying hard to fix all the little gaps that could make this deflate a little bit i think the technology still has to like fine tune a few things like the controllers losing pairing was like, oh my god, come on, uh, so so frustrating. But then when it works, it's like, yeah, it's wonderful to have such a a great product that has full color pass through that can make you feel like something is there when when it's only animation. So that that's huge, and uh, I really wish it can work perfectly really soon. Yeah, I thought that there was something about the black and white that I felt like it was really immersive because I could see the world and then the virtual objects were highlighted. But I think actually having the color with the Quest Pro, you can have a peripheral vision both from the side and below and you don't have the blinders on. And so there's something about the subtle aspects of my body that makes me feel extra present in the physical reality. And then having like you have a series of different eggscape installations with the letters and on top of that you have like these little toy models that then you're using to do like overlays on top of but I felt like the mixed reality overlays on top of those it was sort of like 
it was able to kind of erase what was there or like I took it off and I was like, oh my God, these are all like built out in these installations because it just felt like like you were able to cue it in such a way and override it so that my mind was just more remembering the virtual digital reality rather than the physical installation, which I was like, it wasn't until I actually took off the headset. I was like, oh my God, look how much they've actually like altered my perception of reality through the mixed reality. And it was such a deep level that I was just really blew me away. Oh, thanks. Thanks. So in a way, the, the reason for a physical installation to be around is to create a like to bring the worlds closer, the inside the headset and the outside the headset. And it's the same we did with gloomy eyes and paper birds, which, I mean, in theory is totally unnecessary because the whole experience happens inside the headset. In mixed reality, it's a little bit like that too, between quotes, unnecessary, because like you can create everything in an animation. But when you're passing by in a festival, we're human beings living in a physical world, and it's like it's nice that you can see something outside the headset and then you connect already to the experience you get closer to the feeling and then when you put on the headset it comes to life at, at another level so it's kind of like creating a, like a middle step there and i love it i i really hate when we have something to offer that it's just a headset and it's like a just you you have a, maybe a poster and a headset and, a, and i feel like we can give much more and in this kind of projects they should take care of the onboarding of the experience in that sense you know yeah it's the onboarding and offboarding that i think a lot of like really good vr pieces that have installation components that you're able to enter into the installation and start to step into the magic circle of the piece and then go into the virtual experience and then when you take it off then you're still within that magic circle and then when you leave the installation then you're exiting that magic circle so i feel like you're able to have those different phases of the magic circle by having an installation like this and i didn't really fully appreciate it until i had the end of the experience to see how transformative it actually was that's awesome it's beautiful to hear the feedback and uh and it makes you like because when you come to a festival, there are many many things happening, and and sometimes you you just feel the heat when there is like a little technical issue at some point, or people that they cannot test the experience because there's too many in line and everything. And good feedback like that is really like comforting and makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so you had a four-player experience, so I was doing it with three other people, and yeah. I found myself like able to kind of navigate around them, and you know, sometimes they were in my way, but I feel like more, more or less we were able to like not get in each other's way. I had like a little avatar on my character that I dressed him up, and each person had theirs, but I didn't necessarily know who was who, and there was also a game component. I didn't know who was winning, but probably it's maybe a minority use case that there's going to be four MetaQuest Pros like in one location, unless you do an LBE approach of launching stuff. So so yeah, maybe talk about what's next here. Yeah, the plan is like, we have this project that's ready to go, like it's ready to go to the world, not only in festivals. So the plan is to start offering in, in locations. Having a location gives you the chance to really offer a controlled environment where everything works perfectly and, and people, they don't have to install anything or buy any equipment. Or it's just like you're walking by a mall or, or any any area with circulation and, and then you see these models and it's like what is this and, and then you just get a ticket like a cheap price and then you put on and you go some magical space you know and that's what we want to do with it and if, it's gonna be for a while like that because as you said like i don't think four headsets are going to be in the same place and all linked together and ready to play just like that what's been the reaction to the piece here at south by 
No, they're wonderful. Like, I, I mean, everybody, like, every reaction was really, really positive. And, 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 and the best is, like, not the reactions. I mean, I love the good feedback, but when I'm watching people playing and they crack laughing and they just bend because they, like, I don't know, they, their egg got smashed or, like, run by a car or, like, this gigantic pig exploded and these kind of things are really, really rewarding. And, yeah. <laughs> getting some good feedback in terms of where to take the game design next not that much i mean i got a, a few good comments some yours but like in general it's mostly appreciation and yeah the people are not giving us tips or it's more like that they really really liked it and it's their favorite the thing that you really like to ask that you like to hear but i would definitely appreciate feedback only that and now I'm like so full of you know meetings and stuff and everything and so it's, I don't have the hell to absorb this but after this I'm sure like many ideas after the festivals they come because it's a very inspiring experience yeah I think that thinking about the replayability of like when people come back then they're able to like what are the ways that they can kind of trace what's happening and compete against each other or gang up against each other and yeah just like stuff like that where you're able to have more insight as to like if there is an end goal of a competition because so I think there is a gamified element that actually kind of makes it fun but I think you can have different like oh maybe there's a team aspect and so yeah I think you, there's a lot you can do with having a multiplayer type of experience like that. 100% and we want to give awards like real awards to the people that earn the most scores and if you play many times maybe you get a little egg toy and something like at the structure like because escape is three years old actually like the original idea had nothing to do with mixed reality it wasn't even a multiplayer it was more like born from the characters and the world and the feeling of like being a, in a constant threat and running like because life sometimes has that quality for all of us and making fun of that so there is a whole world behind and we're going to do many things with it like short films and hopefully we can even do a feature film about it because there is enough to tell about these eggs to do it yeah, maybe some also ways to differentiate the eggs even more so because they do actually look very similar. And I, I lost my avatar a lot of times of like I was looking at the wrong character and then I realized that I was dead and I was like respawned somewhere. So, yeah, just finding ways to really track your character in a way. Yeah, yeah, like to that matter particularly, we were going to put like an arrow at some point when you respond to help you figure out where you are. Also like the names on each one of them every now and then when you switch labels, who's first, who's second. Like we're brainstorming around all these things and we have to try and, we had the scoreboard at some point, but then it was kind of like bothering a little bit. So it's always, I mean, all these between quotes problems are also opportunities to innovate in mixed reality and how you, introduce a solution that actually is innovative in that sense like for instance if you see like the scoreboard like they're integrated to a set or there is like a plane with a sign that says who's winning and then it crashes and it explodes you know those kind of like little jokes but we have to go back to Argentina and get to work <laughs> awesome and finally what do you think the ultimate potential of mixed reality might be and what it might be able to enable I mean, 
the potential is infinite and, and it has the potential to be the replacement of the smartphones and everything. It's not around the corner, like definitely not. When I am struggling with the controller pairing, I realize that it's a long ways before this is ready to go technology. But like, yeah, I mean, screens with the computers, like you just put a good quality mixed reality headset and you don't need a screen or a TV, you know, that, that kind of potential. But uh, yeah, it's like, think of that is a little bit more for like sci-fi at this point. And I think we have to wait like some good five years I mean, I'm, I've been saying this five years for a while, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully AI gives us a push too. Awesome. Is there anything else that's often said that you like to say to the broader immersive community? No, just my appreciation for this family of creators in XR, innovators, and it's always, always a deep pleasure to be surrounded by people trying to do weird stuff like this and to push the boundaries somehow. So, yeah, and thank you for being a, a voice to that, too. Yeah, and, and thanks for creating this experience. It's been a real pleasure to see it evolve from a sneak peek at Tribeca, then Venice, and now here. I feel like it's gone through quite an evolutionary journey over the last three years. Yeah, it's come a long way, and I think, like you said, it's like right at the cusp of being able to go prime time for this location-based experience. And I think people are going to have a lot of fun, and I think it's going to be a, a big hit. So thanks again for uh, coming on the podcast and helping share your story and give a bit of an update for all that you're working on. Absolutely, Ken. Thank you. So that was Herman Heller. He runs a studio called 3DAR out of Argentina that does a lot of animation, XR, and immersive storytelling. And they've been working for three years now on this mixed reality experience. Well, it didn't start as mixed reality, but now it's a mixed reality piece called Eggscape. And it's a really amazing location-based experience. Maybe you'll get a chance to see it on the festival circuit, or it'll be distributed around at different places around the world. So I have a number of different takeaways about this interview is that, first of all, well, there were a number of different mixed reality integrations this year at South by Southwest. There was a piece called Unearth that was also on the MetaQuest Pro. At the very beginning piece, you just are in this booth-like area and you see these digital objects come up. And that, that was a really nice moment. But for the most part, most of the other aspects of that experience turn into more of a VR experience. And so it was less of a mixed reality experience from that point forward. There was a piece called Yuki Mixed Reality, which is a video game called Yuki from Avore, which is actually doing a lot of the pieces like Pixel Ripped. They have a new Pixel Ripped 1978 that was announced at GDC that was looking at Atari, and they have this really exciting stuff that they're doing with the Pixel Ripped series. But they also have created this Yuki game, and they had a Mixed Reality demo there. It was a little bit of a prototype to see how you could, again, turn a wall into a portal where you see these objects coming out at you. Remind me a lot of the lab where you have these moving around and kind of shooting objects that are flying at you. And so, yeah, just moving your body through space, having these virtual objects, but you're grounded with the world around you. The Yuki VR actually had this big poster. So looking at the poster already was kind of like a transportive experience, but something like Eggscape, you see this installation that you see in physical reality that has a spatial dimension that I think worked a lot better in terms of using that as an installation piece rather than a blank wall with a big poster that already, when you look at that poster, you feel like you're in an alternative reality from this animation poster. So I think really thinking about how do you ground people into this sense of plausibility of what the physical installation is, and then from there, add the mixed reality components so that you're adding that level of magical realism. I think that's what they were able to really succeed with with Eggscape in this latest iteration with the MetaQuest Pro. The first versions I saw at Venice were the black and white pass-through. You can see that it's there and you're aware of it and it has the 
color pass through. So you see these dimensions of these objects that really stand out. But having color pass through, there was much more of my body that felt like I was really grounded into this physical reality and that it kind of tricked the plausibility of my mind, a much more an immersive context with the MetaQuest Pro, especially, like I said, with the peripheral vision of being able to pick up everything. I just felt really grounded in the physical reality. There was another piece called Rockets by Pillow by Lucas Risotto that was using the Quest 2 as a mixed reality mode, but you were laying down in a bed and looking up, and most of the different immersive experience was in a VR experience, but when you did look down, you saw more of a, a black and white pass-through, but they weren't really using the pass-through elements of that to make it more of a... It was more of a virtual reality experience that had some elements of mixed reality, but that weren't really integrated into the overall experience, but just to have a situational awareness of what was happening around you. But with the mixed reality use case of Eggscape, it was really quite effective and transportive and, and really gave me the VR giggles, which I haven't had since I, actually the first time that I played Lucky's Tale back at GDC in 2015. Yeah, just to have a, a chance to play an early demo and to get a sense of this really transportative nature of this platformer type game, but in a 3D spatial context in a very similar way that this Eggscape reminds me a lot of the dimensions of Lucky's Tale. But instead of just kind of moving your head around, you're moving your full body and you're taking a whole journey. And yeah, just the design of the characters, the little comedic moments and the different bosses that you have to fight. So yeah, I think it's this blending of being rooted in a really compelling interactive gameplay, but also having these other story elements that they're starting to weave in there. And as they move forward, how are they going to make it more of a group experience or a competition or to have this replayability component? And so I think there's some other things that can continue to tune to make sure like, you know, who is winning at any certain moment or do you have co-op play where you start to team up against people and it's very basic, you know, collect these coins and fight these little robots, but to take you on this whole journey of navigating this little creatures of these eggs that you get to design how they look and feel, and then to take them on this whole adventure through this installation. And when I took the headset off, it was really like, oh my God, I can't believe how much I was really believing that this digital reality was a part of this experience that I had when I saw a difference between what the actual physical installations were and how much they were able to take that and overlay on top of it this whole level of digital reality that just kind of tricked my brain in a way that just felt really plausible. So anyway, lots of really interesting mixed reality experiments with Eggscape and excited to see where they take this in the future. So that's all I have for today. And I just wanted to thank you for listening to the Voices of VR podcast. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do spread the word, tell your friends, and consider becoming a member of the Patreon. This is a listener supported podcast. And so I do rely upon donations from people like yourself in order to continue to bring this coverage. So you can become a member and donate today at patreon.com slash Voices of VR. Thanks for listening. 